Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Down the Doors. I am Tommy Dees, Sports Director at the Tennessean, and you are... Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt beat reporter at the Tennessean. And we're talking about one thing and two things only. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. We're talking about quarterbacks, and who are we talking about with that? One of those is named Deuce. Deuce. The Deuce is loose, or yeah. the Deuce may be loose. Look, I will, I will full disclosure here. I was at Alabama for a long time in Tuscaloosa. I covered David Palmer. There's only one Deuce, mm. and let's just get that out of the way because – I'm sure this deuce is a fine athlete, and, and um, we'll talk about his attributes and everything, but I don't think the, – the deuce that I cover played quarterback and wide receiver and occasionally running back and was also a returner. That's not really a deuce. That's a He even did that in the quadruple. NFL. When he played at the Vikings, they, they direct snapped to him. Yeah, like I remember Wildcat. Palmer. Sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll set aside the comparisons because if Vanderbilt had a – a David Palmer, I think we would all know that. Well, the news of the day, which is, uh, I knew this was going to be our podcast topic anyway. Because you're psychic. That's right. I did uh, tweet the other night uh, at the Ole Miss game. I tweeted before the game, this is the type of game where they will go to Deuce Wallace sooner than later. And then that yes. happened, and I tweeted Nostradamus. And then I <laughs> tweeted uh, Sunday or Monday, this is the type of game that could be a changing of the guard where they start to go to Deuce Wallace. I have not retweeted Nostradamus. This being this, being this week now. Yes, UNLV. this week. UNLV game. Terry Tarkanian coming to town, the Shark. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, I, I'd already gotten hints that uh, Deuce Wallace was going to be getting uh, a, more of a look. This was a competition in the in the preseason where Jerry Godowski, the offensive coordinator, said it's about the tightest competition he had ever had. Riley Neal, Ball State transfer, won the competition. Deuce Wallace lost it. Five games in, Vandy's one and four. They're one of the worst offenses statistically in the country. And I don't think it's Riley Neal, all of Riley Neal's fault, but they've got to have something change because the formula they have right now doesn't look like it can win an SEC game. So Derek Mason at the press conference today, when asked numerous times in numerous ways, finally at least said that Deuce Wallace had earned the right to, as he said, look at the field. He means get a chance to play, not necessarily start. Riley Neal still listed as a starter on the depth chart, but uh, as we speak on Tuesday, on t- yeah, subject. So it's like like the old boxing posters that said card subject to change. <laughs> That's right, and it could. My hunch is Riley Neal will probably start. Deuce Wallace will come in soon after. But I don't even know if they know that for sure. That could that could change depending on what the 15-play script to start the game is. But this is the way that Derek Mason put it when asked if the competition was reopened. I think Deuce is has been you know been consistent and solid. Uh, you know, I mean, I I think you know he's got a different you know type of energy about you know and how he goes about his business. Uh, but, you know, I mean, right now, when I look at, you know, I mean, the numbers and the production, it is what it is. You know, it's solid. It's not great, 
Okay, I mean, it's not it's not, it's not going to take us where we need to go right now. But you know, I mean, he he's shown that he deserves an opportunity to 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 look at the field. You know, like I'll say that much. And with that being said, you know, I mean, I told Riley, don't look over your shoulder. Don't worry about looking over your shoulder, man. Keep your eyes firmly planted forward, man, and so you can play your best ball. But Deuce is coming. So I think that's an interesting way that Derek put it there. Riley Neal, don't look over your shoulder. Because there's somebody right behind you. <laughs> that's right. But Deuce is coming. Tommy, you're that's, my that's boss. That's like the horror movie where the, where, you, where we in the audience can see the, the guy with the knife behind. Uh, run, you know, run. Yeah, you know, and the person in the screen is oblivious. Yeah, I mean, don't t- turn around. Don't worry about it, Riley. There's nothing to worry about. Don't look over your shoulder because there's somebody like – Right behind you. Yeah, not that not that Deuce is a backstabber. I wasn't going there. I, I know where you were going. I, I was thinking, so you're my boss, Tommy. If you say, Adam, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Don't worry about it all. But I'm interviewing a guy yeah. today for your job, but you're yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, just because this other guy's writing about Vanderbilt, that's, right. that's not really anything that you need to – don't look over your shoulder. Just just go ahead and about your business. I, I, I do and th- hope he doesn't do it better than you. I, I, I do think it was it was an interesting concession that uh, that Derek Mason gave today because he said you know Deuce has played some he's played in four or five games mostly mop up duty but he said his stats are not spectacular uh, I mean I've, I've got Deuce's stats in, in front of me and he's completed forty seven percent of his passes for one hundred and fifty one yards no touchdowns one pick that's not the there's nothing he's shown this year that says he's got to be the guy, it's more of change for change's sake. When when we have seen him, and and it, and, and it is and it would change the dynamic because he we'll talk about he has a slightly different skill set. Yes, that we can talk about. But when we have seen him, and I've seen him live, and you've seen him live, and I've seen him on TV for the games I wasn't at, it's not like one of these things where you see the number two guy get in and say, "Oh man, he's just so much better than that starter." They've got to make a change right now. It's more—I won't call it grasping at straws, but looking for something to to change what is right now a rather anemic offense. Yeah, it's the it's the shakeup of the lineup at midseason. It's the it, now Deuce Wallace can run the ball now. For people that don't understand, Deuce Wallace is so if if Michael Vick is a ten and Peyton Manning's a zero in terms of mobility, Deuce Wallace is like a six. Riley Neal's a four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, well, he, he is not. David Palmer. Deuce, there you go. Elusive, right. Deuce elusive. Deuce Wallace is more similar to maybe Vandy quarterbacks from fears ago, Pat and Robinette, Johnny McCreary, the guy that can get loose and get 20 yards, but he's not going to go for 80. You're not going to game plan around his legs that much. He's, he's not a guy that if you put him with, let's just say, a completely equal team on the other side, that you would expect at the end of the day, you would see 220 passing yards and 140 rushing yards. No. Like, like there are guys like that, like like Jalen Hurts. This, yeah, this is not Jalen. Hur- this is not, not Fields. This is not Tua. This is none of those. Uh, I do think. Well, the, the, so, this ain't working with the offense so far, and that some of that's play calling. A lot of that's the offensive line. Some of it is Riley Neal. Not 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 all of it, but a portion of it. But they've got to change something, and I think you'll see some more RPOs. Offensive line has been been very subpar, so I think you'll see. You know, it helps you that the quarterback is more mobile. Try to get him on the outside, get it, use his legs to some extent. You know, but the other part of it is uh, Riley Neal is not looking downfield. He's not recognizing open receivers downfield. He's looking for short routes. They've, 
And they, some of that is the offensive line. There have been cases where he hasn't had time to look downfield. That's right. Where you throw to the, the the nearer guy because if you wait to look, you know, when you go through four progressions or three progressions, I don't know that often he would have time to get to number three or four. And 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 Derek Mason was asked a little bit about that and trying to get a gauge of where the blame goes for that because they have been very dink and dunk. That this is how Derek Mason put it. We started this season with the idea that okay, okay, but you won the job. Uh, we 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 worked to build it around you, but there there comes a time where you got to rise to to. To, to the level of the guys that are around you. These guys have been in the program. They understand where it's at. And that's what you got to do. I mean, you got you to raise his level of play and expectation. But I think, you know, man, it's also been about, you know, the issues are – the issues in and around him too. Okay, I man. We talk about protection. We talk about the guys being in and out of the uh, out of the lineup on the offensive line and what that's looked like. And in in granted, uh, it's 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 an eleven man game. So you know whether it's protection or whether it's not, like needing to make sure that we um, and attack the middle of the field, down the field. You know all those things. He's got the ball in his hand. Okay, almost all the time. And so with that being the case. You know, when when he's back there, he's got to make sure I mean, that he makes it count for us. You know, that's that's what a quarterback in this system has to do. OK, I mean, it can't just be dink and dunk outside. man. we got to be able to attack. You know, some of that has to do with the scheme, but some of that has to do with the read. So as, as we raise his level of play, everything gets better. So kind of sharing the blame there on play calling, offensive line, Riley Neal. I mean, the elephant in the room here is that two games ago, Jared Pinckney, their possibly first-round draft pick tight end, was pretty frustrated, the fact that he's not being targeted. Yeah, he's, one catch and one other throw to him, that's right. I, as I recall. Two targets, one catch for one yard uh, at Ole Miss this past week. Yeah, one, one catch was in the end zone. Yep. It was a hard ball, and he couldn't get to it. And at Ole Miss this last week, he was targeted six or seven times, but most, most of the throws weren't there, and he had one catch for seven yards. You know the I, there's not there's no kind of mutiny or anything. I've gotten no sense that anybody's against Riley Neal, but there's there's an unsaid thing here that people may not understand if they, they are not terribly familiar with Deuce Wallace. But Deuce Wallace may be the most likable player, the most popular player on the team. That's not this year. That's the last two or three years. Teammates love him. Former teammates that left last year, I remember kind of doing an unofficial poll of guys that graduated last year. Some went to the NFL, and and some just just graduated and went to other jobs. And I would ask them, what do you think about the quarterback competition? Because you're not even playing anymore. And and all that I talked to would say, well, I don't know, but I'm rooting for Deuce because we love Deuce. Mm-hmm. And that's the, fact, that's the case with the current players. If we gave Jared Pinckney some – Truth serum and the same with Kalijah Lipscomb and Keyshawn Vaughn, those offensive linemen. I, you know, if they were open about it, I would say they would. I think they would say we like Riley Neal, no problems with the guy, a good teammate. But Deuce is our guy, and we can win with Deuce. I don't know if schematically Deuce Wallace is any better than Riley Neal, but I think a lot of the players, if given a vote, would say we want to give it a shot. Yeah, I think. Uh, I have several thoughts on this situation. My first thought is, is which is I've always believed to be true, and only maybe Steve Spurrier has been able to pull it off successfully for a period of time other than a spot here or there. But if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Right. If you have a quarterback, like last year, there wasn't any question. It was nothing against Deuce, but you had a quarterback, sure. and he was the guy. 
and this year they don't have a quarterback. And that doesn't mean Riley's not the quarterback. It means neither of them is the quarterback. If they were, we wouldn't be – we'd be talking about that guy in this podcast and not, not a split. Are they going to play them both? And, yes, they are kind of thing. So the, re, the, the thing is there, and is, is it all Riley Neal's fault? No, I suspect if, if Deuce had been your starter from the start and he had played the snaps that Riley's played, at this point you'd probably be saying let's give Riley a shot and see if he can spark something. I, I agree. Yep, I, I, I think that's the case because you'd be saying, well, you you got to get the guy who's done it before and throw him for a lot of yards. Right, and see if he can maybe, you know, he can – and there's – Here's where they're different in my mind. One, you mentioned there's a mobility difference, not a massive, not a statue versus a race car, but one of them's a little more mobile than the other. And when you have offensive line issues, which they have had, that can come in handy. Riley is much better at whether he's making the reads or, you know, surveying the field properly. He can play full field read. When they play Deuce that I've seen, he rolls out a lot and they would do half field reads. You got a short guy, you got a guy who's closer to you and a guy who's farther away. And he throws to either one of those or he runs. So you're taking half the field away from him to read. And you're also running somebody, you know, on a running worthless route on the other side just to keep defenders on that side. But it does limit you in some ways. And ideally, you'd like to be able to play full-field offense. Yeah, I think the, I think the full-field offense that, that Riley Neal, I think they thought that he could give them that. He's, when the pass protection is broken down, I think he's been a little panicky mm-hmm. in going through those progressions. He has the better arm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and his accuracy numbers at times have been good. I mean, he's yeah. done some dink and dunk where – it's kind of like that's your that's the the pass that's a running play. It's a three yard, four yard, five yard play, but that's a good play if you get five yards. Yeah, I remember in the preseason asked Gadowski the the traits that both of them had, and the way he put it with Deuce Wallace was he has a plan for where the ball is supposed to go, and he gets it there. What I took from that with with some more around it, more rhetoric around it was he's going to have two progressions and no more, which is what you're saying. Right. It's going to be And then it's option. either run if you can or throw it out of bounds yes. and, and live another day. He's not, going to, he's not going to be Kyle Shermer that's going to sit back there and go through five progressions. Right. It's short route, long route, or vice versa, and then, and then take off. And that's, that's not exactly what you want to be doing in the SEC, but if you can do that well, you can be in games – and really, right now, I think they're just trying to figure out how to win an SEC game. Yeah, and I have seen, you know, offense when you have all the pieces in place work with half field. You know, I saw Jalen Hurts do it pretty well at Alabama. I saw Blake Sims do it pretty well at Alabama. And, and both of those progressed to the point that they could do more, um, which is what you would have to hope would happen here. But earlier in their starting careers, it was let's keep it simple, you, you know. You roll to the right, you got a tight end, which you've got a really good one at Vanderbilt that's maybe running five yards downfield and you hope to get a catch and run for seven or nine. And you've got somebody else running deeper. And if the short guy, you know, long guy's not open, you dump it short. Mm-hmm. And and when you sprint out, you give the long guy a little more time to get open, which you don't in the pocket when the when the protection breaks down. The, the thing that, that this can take away from you that you have to be careful as a play caller about, I think, is you've got a really good running back, which I'm sure he'll get his carries, but he's also a guy that you can flip the ball in the open field 
and and he can take it all the way. And if you when you half field read, you usually kind of take the the running back out of it because he's either running in front of you as part of protection. Maybe he's your short receiver occasionally, but you don't have you know he's usually like the the wheel route safety valve yes. when you're playing full full field read. When you're sprinting to the right, if he's behind you blocking or he's the play action running left, you don't want to throw across your body across the field because this guy doesn't have the arm. I mean, Brett Favre didn't have the arm to do it always in the NFL. He certainly doesn't have the arm to do that and leave a ball hanging when you try to throw it from one hash to another. And I think all those nuances make and why I tweeted that I thought it made this the best week to try this because it's UNLV Vandy's a two touchdown favorite they have SEC games ahead figure out who your quarterback is this week and if it works with Deuce Wallace then you move forward with him and you try to beat Missouri South Carolina Kentucky Tennessee because they've got to have a different plan I think it's not just Riley Neal the plan that they have is not working and so you know, this has short-term ramifications. I also think there's a lot of long-term ramifications that people are not thinking about. I'm sure Derek Mason is because I don't know that he's going to be on the hot seat at the end of this year. But if you go three and nine, you're on the hot seat regardless of what your contract terms say. And you, unlike in, in recent or even distant past, you've got an athletic director who just pulled a plug on on getting rid of a coach in basketball. And that hasn't always been the case at Vanderbilt. It's a let the contract run out kind of thing. You have to think about that if you're the football coach and things don't go well. If you don't beat Tennessee at the end, if you don't make bowl eligibility, which right now looks like it's a million miles away, uh, if you don't win four or five games at least, yeah, this guy might be more inclined to pull the trigger on me than the last guy. Yeah, and whether Derek is thinking about it or not, he – I know for a fact that, I mean, Bryce Drew was let go and Stephanie White, the women's coach, was kept because the difference between those two is that Stephanie said, I'm open to whatever change I can make, and we were terrible this year, where Bryce was, we struggled, but we're going to make some tweaks, and I think it'll be okay. He was not open to major changes. Yeah, he was the football equivalent of saying, no, I've got, I will make some changes, see what I'll do is let the guys who's coaching the line coach the tight ends that's right that's and let right the guys coaching the tight ends coach the receivers and let the guys coaching the receivers coach the run and let's just basically play musical chairs but no i'm not gonna make any changes right and derek knows he needs to show now he's shown it before he fired his mentor and one of his best friends as his two coordinators after year one he has no trouble doing that that this that's a podcast for another day but within this season I, th- I think he he knows he's got to make some kind of change in quarterback is the obvious place, and this will be a way to try it out. the The long term ramifications are Riley Neal is a grad transfer, so he's gone next year. One and done. Yep. Deuce Wallace is a redshirt junior, so he has one year, one season after this one, and they don't have another quarterback on the roster that I see as an immediate fix to to start. Alan Walters has been there a couple years, has not played yet. In the preseason, it was said pretty plainly that Riley Neal and Deuce Wallace are 1A and 1B, and Alan Walters was a distant third. Mo Hassan is their number three right Who now. seems to be a great guy also. Great guy, not a starting quarterback in the SEC. Right. They've got a commitment that, that's going to come in, a three-star quarterback in this next class, but you can't rely on a true freshman. So if Deuce Wallace shows that he can be the starter – the rest of the season, then he's probably your starter next year. 
if they're iffy about him, then they're going to bring in probably another grad transfer. If they can find the right one. You can't make a living on, don't worry, there'll be a grad transfer who who we can convince to come here because I'll tell you something else about this change you got to think about. If you're thinking the grad transfer route and you just had one and then you just said halfway through, we decided to let the then, – then that guy you're bringing in next year might say, you know – yeah, but Illinois also is offering me, and they, they don't have a guy that they'll switch for me. Right. Or whoever, whatever school. I'm oh, yeah, at. if you're in competition for the same grad transfer, two or three schools, all that other school has to say is, well, they well, gave that look, guy yeah. five games and it wasn't even his fault, and they yeah. benched him. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, he didn't throw eight interceptions and blah, 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 and possibly you're looking at, well, and look at what the other guy's stats were when they made that change. Yeah. Look, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like the guy was outplaying him. I mean, those are things that – that I would use sure. if I were recruiting. I mean, someone. there's some urgency to this because if Riley Neal was a sophomore, I think you'd probably you'd stick with him. Yeah, you would say we're, we're, we wish he was further along than he is right now, but we believe that we'll you know we'll stick with him and he will be. Yeah, Riley Neal looks like Kyle Shermer as a sophomore, mm-hmm. but Riley Neal's like 23 years old, so this <laughs> this is it. So yeah, long term ramifications. This is Deuce you know, Wallace. The only 23 year old sophomores are playing at BYU, right? <laughs> That's 25-year-old, okay. yeah. So this is Deuce Wallace's chance to be the that's, starter. By the way, that's not a religious joke. Uh, BYU students get an exemption to go on missions, and they can— An NCAA exemption, in, in, yeah. So that, that their eligibility freezes, basically. The clock stops running until they return to school. So so they do got, yeah. tend to have the 24-, 25-year-old, 23-year-old. That is, yeah, and that's actually in the NCAA rulebook, right. that, that exemption. So if you're listening and—, and the, I'm not. That was not a Latter Day Saint comment. It was a BYU That's right. NCA rule comment. By the way, uh, which also, I have no problem with. Also, news of the day: Malik Langham, the Florida transfer defensive lineman, is not eligible this year. I didn't think he would be because we're five games in. He tweeted that he had gotten an answer to his appeals process in NCAA. He's not eligible immediately. What that means for next season is Langham will be out there. Should be one of the better defensive linemen. Derek Green in Oklahoma transfer will be eligible next year on the D-line. And Eddie Zinturner, who was out this season, if he gets uh, an injury waiver, he could maybe be on the defensive line next year. That's three transfers that they're all missing on the D-line. So that goes to our larger yeah, and uh, at this point, conversation if you, if you, about Derek. If you were still waiting for your answer on your your waiver, you know, you're waiting for a ruling, you knew probably it wasn't going to be favorable. Yeah, yeah. The favorable ones tend to get straightened out either right at the, you know, before the season or very early in the season. And we're getting midpoint, so. What uh, what do you think Deuce does this week? I think he plays, like you said. I'm interested to see what I would expect would be you, you, you roll your starter rally out there, you play two series, you bring in the other guy for two, and now you got a timeshare, and then and then what you what I think do is you evaluate both of those and those those things, and if one of them's gotten hot, you know, then that's your guy, you know, for the rest of the game until if you're fortunate enough to get it out of hand. Now, if you've made the decision, let's say internally you've said Deuce Wallace is getting a tryout as the starter in this game, and it sets up probably like what you're talking about. If Riley Neal comes out and leads two touchdown drives which is what they did in their last home game northern illinois two quick touchdown drives and then did nothing the rest of the day do you just stick with riley neal that's that's deuce's chance do you say well we're gonna play him but this is going fine i think if he leads two touchdown drives he gets the third 
Okay. And the fourth, I think you until you don't score, basically. right? Right, because you don't want to mess up. You don't want to end up somehow losing twenty-seven to twenty-four, and you had a guy that was just punching it in every time, and you took him out, and he never got his rhythm back. Yeah, you don't interfere with that. And I, I hate to keep bringing Alabama results and 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 the Alabama experience up, but that's exactly what happened with Jalen Hurts in his first game. Uh, he didn't start. He came in. He sparked something. Blake Barnett is now transferred to his eighth school since then or something like he may be at Vandy next year maybe I think he would be on his seventh or eighth year and still have one like a game left of eligibility but it was it was like hey you both got out there you didn't get anything done then he didn't get anything done his first drive and the next time he came in he took him down the field and okay I'm not gonna pull him now and and the other guys still got some time after that but it was like okay we're not gonna because because once he kick-started it it kept going and you saw what you had. I mean, because SEC freshman of the year. So I'm not saying that's going to, what's going to happen here, but you don't. Whatever your plan when you sit them down and you talk to them on Friday night or Saturday morning, and you say, "Guys, you probably figured out you're both going to play today." That's the plan. So Riley, you're starting. Mo, you're ready. And at the appropriate time, Deuce, you said Mo. Deuce, Mo Deuce, I'm sorry. Deuce. I got you. the other the other backup quarterback. Yeah, Deuce. You're you're ready, so be ready. Stay engaged in the game, and at the appropriate time, we'll put you in. Hopefully, that's uh, somewhere in the in the first quarter, but it might not be. Game circumstances will decide that. Because one of the other things you don't want to do, because there's so many ways you can play this out. Coaches tend to be loath to put a guy in there. Say you just got pinned on the one yard line by a punt, and now the guy who's not really as used to being out there. You know, goes out there and he's a little nervous. He's got the, you know, that's it's an it's a circumstance you don't want to add to him, right? So you know, if he fumbles, then if he fumbles a snap, and now do you now have you crushed his confidence? So there there might be two or three reasons why you say, well, we'll wait one more drive, right? You know, because we know this guy's already been out there with his back to the goal line, and you know he didn't take his ninety nine yards, but he also didn't throw a pick six and he didn't fumble it. So let let's let him get us out of this situation and next time we'll bring in the other guy i think neil plays neil probably starts i think deuce wallace plays if deuce has some success then i think the post-game press conference is going to be his teammates saying we love riley nothing against riley but we got a swagger when deuce is out there there would be that type of rhetoric is what you will hear because again i'll i'll reemphasize this there is a a zero to ten likability is a ten with Deuce Wallace, and these guys are looking for something to boost morale. Mm-hmm. If if he doesn't play well and they don't play well with him out there, then this team could be in a world of hurt the rest of the year. Yeah, and and that can be important, and especially when things aren't going well, and you might get a guy people rally around a little bit. It's also not necessary. Sure, um, I don't think the last guy was the most beloved guy in the locker room. I'm not saying he was hated. Don't get me wrong. Right. He was respected. Yes, and, that's the right word for Kyle Shermer. And yes. I think if you probably played with Kyle Shermer, from what I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, your impression, my impression is, there's probably some days when you walk off the field from practice or the game saying that blankety, blankety, blank. But we, but he's pretty good. That's right. But, but you know, he's, he's our blankety, blankety, blank. And yes, I will. But there's days when he grates on you. But part of that is because he's getting in your grill and saying, do your job. And and that's, you don't have to be well-loved necessarily to be 
respected. Yep, Shermer was. Uh, I think he's probably abrasive a little bit at times, but he was he was very well liked. A lot of, there, there, there was some Jay Cutler in him. Yeah, and I think there was a little bit. Probably he grows on you over time when yes. you're on his team. Also, probably the first day he walked out there, the first time maybe he wasn't as nice as the last guy when you dropped a pass in practice. And it's like, what? Like you're perfect, and it's, it's like it doesn't matter. I'm the quarterback. And and I'll, then, share, I'll share one more Alabama story okay. with you because I don't think A.J. McCarron was beloved at Alabama, but he won a lot of games. And and uh, you probably might remember when uh, Barrett Jones was playing center and they had yes. a mix-up and they almost went to blows. They were arguing on the field while they're up 42-14 to 14 against Notre Dame when they get a penalty. It's because A.J.'s saying you're supposed to do this. This is the protection. And, and this blocking scheme, and Barrett saying, no, it's this. And I asked Barrett about that years later, and Barrett said, well, now if you look at the playbook and the way the play's drawn up, what, what I was telling him is the correct way to run it. But he's right because he's the quarterback. <laughs> and that sometimes it's like that. It's a good way of putting it. And Vanderbilt kind of needs to figure out what's right here and, and who's the quarterback. Well, and if they get it right, I still think there are winnable games – Tennessee, Kentucky, especially maybe at South Carolina. I'm not very confident about that one. What not is the Missouri injury? anymore? That don't look like that one is. No, so and Kelly they, Bryant is healthy. I think yeah, healthy enough. They so. starting to look like a football team. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Good. Good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down to Gainesville thinking I was going to come back. With I don't it. think or, so. Or is that here? I, no, it's it's in the swamp. That's what I yeah. Thought. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. And I tweeted this out when Tennessee was out there last weekend. I have been to a lot of SEC. I've been to a lot of stadiums, period. Been to all the SEC stadiums. The loudest place I've ever been in a single moment was at Florida. It's, it's, it's something it's, to do it's with right the acoustics. It's right up there with me, yeah. It's almost like they bring like turbo jet things that they hold and put on high when that thing gets going. LSU is pretty pretty fun, and it can get loud, and it can get rowdy, but I, I think Florida's the loudest. Speaking of the conference – I really need for coverage-wise, for page views and all that, if if we could have a Jared Garantano grad transfer to Vanderbilt. I think That's that would, a brilliant idea. It would, the, the cross-pollination of the coverage, I think, would... I think that's brilliant. I like that. Yeah, I don't see it happening though. But if wow. when they play the 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 Tuesday it, press conference of the Tennessee week, if Derek Mason comes out, if he's still got a quarterback problem and he comes out and says, you know, they Mauer's good now. Garantano, I think, is pretty good. It's yeah. a shame he's not playing. Yeah, it's a then shame we'll he's not at a school where he could play. Wink, wink. Then, then we'll know. Could we do it like one of those baseball trades where you show up with one team and then you end up in the other dugout That's at right. the end of the day right. or even before the game? Could Garantano just walk across the field and swap jerseys and helmets? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that move coming, <laughs> but, but we'll see. Well, that would be interesting. And um, things are going to be interesting this weekend with the Vanderbilt Commodores when they host UNLV, the running Rebels. Do they run or pass? I hope they run. I think they run. Yes. Yeah, they should. They, they run. run. I know they run more than they pass. Yes, it's like the Utah. If you're the running use, don't come out and throw it 52 times. <laughs> so that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already, and remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Adam Sparks, I'm Tommy Dees, and we'll be here next week.